Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host Div. Hey guys. This week we are finishing our foray into season one of The Legend of Vox Machina. Um, I know since we posted this, um, it, we kind of had to take a break for a couple of reasons, but mm. uh, we're back and we're super excited to talk all things season one of this crazy epic adventure slash journey. Um, I don't know, there's just so much going on in, I mean, the whole show really, but season one especially, and the last three episodes were... Um, I don't really know how to describe it because I feel like this is kind of subjective, but they, it, like, I mean, the whole season and the whole show really had stuff that I love in all shows, but like the last three episodes, especially it was like action packed. There was an epic fight sequence, mm. multiple epic fight sequences, uh, a super, in my opinion, well-written conclusion for the arc that season one was. Yes. Um, just a whole bunch of things that just kind of came together and just made it really enjoyable. So um, very excited as always to talk about it but before we do just our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimer if you haven't seen the show uh, please watch it it's amazing and if you're not familiar with critical role and or campaign one and or the show just keep in mind that we're getting into spoilery territory so um, your we'll discretion spoiler is yet. advice <laughs> <laughs> listener discretion but yeah listener discretion absolutely and we thank every single one of you who stuck with us throughout this journey and let's talk about this cast because we left vox machina off at a very pivotal point in whitestone when we last discussed this so there's like you said there's a whole lot going on and it's just it's a lot. Let's talk about it because they're after the Briar. They're finally going after the Briar Woods. It's it's not an easy task, and let's go. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of things going on. But yeah, when we last left off, they had decided to take the fight to the Briar Woods. Yes, and episode nine ends on a cliffhanger where they're attempting to enter the castle through the dungeons, and they run into Anna Ripley, who is mm. one of the members, uh, or one of the former. I, I don't even know if you call her like a a council member. She was somebody who was like, I guess in a position of power when Percy's family was ruling and maybe because of her position and or her twisted mind, whatever, uh, she turned on the them. Briarwoods took over. Yeah. She yeah. turned on them. And so she's on Percy's hit list. And so episode 10 opens with Percy uh, reacting to the knowledge that she's alive. Mm. And then not only is she alive, she's in a cell and, for him at least she's very accessible so if he wanted to do something she's right there and she can't even do much so it's a pretty interesting situation to kind of jump into at the start yes. of episode 10 because we've seen how this early Percy's reacted with other characters um and it doesn't take a lot to trigger him no. and it's I mean I think we've mentioned this before but it's also very understandable that he is reacting so this really needs so oh yeah for sure triggered by all of this yes. so going into episode 10 it was really interesting to see that it in a way it was almost like ripley was delivered to him if that makes any sense yes um just in the sense that you know she was right there she was accessible and they just kind of 
stumbled upon her. And so for Percy, I would imagine it's a very kind of interesting predicament he finds himself in, even though in that moment he may not have necessarily viewed it that way. Because for him, it's just like, she's right there. And then if he wanted to do something, he could have. There's a line. He says something really cool. And I found that really interesting. He said, consider yourself the luckiest person in Whitestone. Because right now you're last on my list. So like that, (laughs) that shows you how angry he is at the Briarwoods and how much he's weighing this decision at this point because he needs her to get through these dungeons to get to the Briarwoods and he hates that he needs her help for this he hates it but he also knows that this is something that he has to do and he's like you know what this is under my control if I once I'm once she's of no use to me I'm going to exact my revenge on her for everything that she did to me and my family and that's how it starts out, uh, quite interestingly. Interestingly enough, that's how it starts out. But knowing Anna Ripley, she's devious, to say the least. She's very devious. She's looking out for herself at any cost. Like, that's her end goal, looking out for herself. Mm-hmm. And she does trap them in a room that will that soon gets filled up with acid so let's talk about that yeah i mean i think it's just really interesting that going back to what you said about percy telling anna that she's the lowest on his list mm-hmm. um that part was really interesting just because again just given how he's reacted um the first time i watched this the episode i was fully expecting him to just go nuts and just like shoot her on the spot because she was right there she was defenseless Mm -hmm. and she was also outnumbered um but interestingly enough i he like initially like eventually anna does betray them but at the beginning she kind of tries to make herself an asset and mm. useful, yeah. So she's mm-hmm. like, this whole place is booby-trapped. You need me to get to the Briarwoods. You have to take me with you yeah. type thing. And yeah. I don't think Percy necessarily feels the same way. I think he thinks like, oh, it's whatever. Like she's, I'll like, deal with he, this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he also knows her and he knows that she's going to double-cross them at some point. And it's just a matter of when. when. Mm. So um, I thought it was really interesting that he kind of... I don't know, maybe for the sake of Cassandra, maybe for the sake of his friends, he agrees to let uh, Anna lead. And also, I think he, like you said, probably thought, like, if anything happened, he's the one with the gun. His friends are the ones with, like, weapons and powers and whatnot. And she's defenseless. They can stop her. Um, But uh, interestingly, for me at least, I thought it was very kind of clever how late in the episode her betrayal comes because technically her betrayal doesn't even really come in this episode it's kind of like in the next episode it's not even so much like a betrayal so much as like she sees an Uh opportunity i told you so bye yeah and then she just like dips yeah she's (laughs) like i'm out bye yeah you're right Um, but um I, I was just like the first time I was watching it I was just waiting for the ball to drop it's like you know she's gonna betray him or do something or yeah. at some point it's just a matter of when when yes absolutely so, um 
waiting for that part I thought as like a viewer was really interesting because it's like it just kind of it makes it more suspenseful because you're waiting for it you're like okay it's coming it's coming like at this point yeah you're waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah you're basically like yeah uh, you're right I was pleasantly surprised that she didn't actually betray them in this episode um but they do end up in a room full of acid which is you know not ideal and then Mm -hmm. um the really interesting thing that I think if you read the episode descriptions I think it's kind of obvious uh what's going to happen but there's a description um I want to say it's on Netflix itself um sorry not Netflix right um Prime video. Wrong, wrong streaming service. Um, there's a, like the description for this episode says something to the effect of like Percy finds out somebody close to him is going to betray him or something mm. like that. Or the, the episode description kind of gives it away. So you know that it's most likely not going to be Anna. And um, I think it's kind of obvious that by the time you get to that point in the episode, it's not a huge surprise, but no. um, it still was really interesting the way they kind of hint at what's going on. And then you just get a scene of Percy looking at the pepper box and the only name that's displayed is Cassandra. And then by the time he realizes what's going on, she's halfway across the room and she's trapped him and his friends and is presumably ready to like, just let him die because she's being brainwashed and, or maybe she's conditioned to feel a certain way because um, like we talked about in the last episode, yep. she and Percy went through something that was super traumatic, but then there's like an added layer to that because he left her for dead. But in exactly. his mind, like, he thought she was dead. She thought, oh my God, he didn't even turn back to look. And yep. so I think because of that, she was probably already predisposed to feel a certain way and i'm sure Delano yeah. took advantage of that. i'm pretty sure of that too you're absolutely right yeah go ahead yeah there's just a lot going on with that but it was really um interesting i think even though you kind of get a sense of what's going on like you know what's going to come that by the time that scene does happen i thought it was still very well done and it just it was like, you still you still have the same reaction even knowing that Cassandra is going to somehow betray him and of course you know if you like you know when you rewatch the episode um already knowing what happens it's still kind of like that scene still has the same impact that I think it has on the first time like yeah. just knowing what's going to come um it still but, feels also, you feel that you do yeah I, I, yeah I agree yes yes yeah there's also just like something uh I, I was going to say there's almost like a bit of levity to it just because there's like that added component of like Vax just instantly reacting before anybody yeah. else can. Yeah. Um, and and kind of like he manages to get to Cassandra um, despite the others kind of being locked in this chamber. And there's a bit of a moment where he's like kind of like bantering with Percy mm-hmm. uh, that was like, you know, a nice moment of levity before the Briarwoods pop up and then brainwash him too for the second time. <laughs> or not really for the second time, but they attempted it way back in episode three and now they succeed yep. Yep. in episode 10. So um, as entertaining as like that one or two lines Percy has, or sorry, Vax has with Percy, it is kind of short-lived because then the Briarwoods come in and... and- um, brainwash him which is you know it the one thing that i find really interesting just about that scene in general and just like the briarwoods in general um 
the brainwashing ability is like I feel like it, it, it would be very easy especially in a tv show where um the I guess actions are not dictated by like rolling of the dice and, and stuff like that and mm. like players taking turns and stuff like that it would be very easy for it to become like an overpowering mood yep. but I think the show does a good job with not making it like that because obviously when you're playing D&D or any sort of role-playing game oh, in yeah. a group of players you have to like wait for your turn and you know it's it's like a very cyclical thing like you have to go around the table and all of that and yep. um, even if you want something to happen there's no guarantee it can happen exactly um, but in you're, you don't have some of those limitations so it would have been very easy I think for them to just have Silas be very um overpowered just because he does have that ability to mind control yeah. people yes but I think they did a good job with making it realistic in the sense that like yes he's got that ability but it's not like the moment he opens his eyes and looks at somebody they're immediately brainwashed and they can't defend themselves and that sort of thing so um I don't know if <laughs> like that is a, like a thing that anybody else really cared about but i appreciated it yeah, but what i do appreciate about this is like you said how they translated all of that the cyclical play-by-play into this quick moment you know because mm-hmm. in the show it's like like this it, it's in seconds you know you're like oh no this happened and i'm like now i wonder how it happened when they were at that table playing this and they were like, oh shit, we just got into this. How do we get yeah, out? It's, it's you know? definitely like, that's one of the things that I, not having played D&D or any sort of role-playing game, I'm always really fascinated by yeah. because um, maybe, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of role-playing games. Critical Role is really the only thing I've seen, mm-hmm. but at least with the critical role cast the one thing that I've always admired is that even though it is like a very cyclical thing and you have to wait for every person to have their turn and go through their action and their bonus action and all yep. of that yep. it doesn't feel drawn out like the way it would or like the way you think it would be it's very like um it feels very it's like, got good pace that's all I, yeah. that's what I have to say. and also I think because like they're they're all very descriptive and they've been doing this for such a long time mm. they kind of um paint a picture so well that it's actually really entertaining when it is into, like, i definitely agree stuff. and uh it's it's very fun to to watch even though there's obviously no like visual component when they're actually playing um during like the main campaigns and stuff um and i mean there's like some visuals but it's not like a tv show where you know everything is like animated or um filmed for you and you know people are embodying the characters and all of that <laughs> it's it's still it's a there's some differences between the actual campaign of course and the mm-hmm. tv show but even in the actual campaign it feels very like natural and none of the fight scenes seem super long or drawn out in my opinion so um that aspect i really appreciate <laughs> but it's just also very interesting to like compare the two and i think we talked about it when we did the last oh, couple yeah. episodes mm-hmm. um and I, it still holds true even in like these big epic action sequences where like obviously in a tv show or movie mm-hmm. they happen very quickly and you can get through them very quickly but when you're actually playing through them <laughs> it's a different story and like, it is they could potentially feel long but personally i've never felt any of them to be like oh this drags or whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. i never felt that way i definitely agree but let's talk about how they solve this conundrum because 
they don't have Vax. Cassandra uh, and Vax are under the Briarwood spell or whatever. They're in a room that's getting filled up by acid. That <laughs> by the minute they're gonna get and and they 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 can't survive this. Not not without thinking this through quickly. The plan that they come up with again, Scanlan being a bard, is really versatile. To be honest with you, I, I want to talk about that because he really manages to keep them afloat, pun intended. I'm I, I'm really going <laughs> to say, but it's but what they really actually have to do to get out of this is kind of scary. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Scanlan's one of those characters. I feel like if you don't know anything about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if you don't know anything about the campaign, I feel like he's the type of character who could come across as very annoying, but like the further into the show you go, he's mm-hmm. like one of those characters where it's like on the surface, they're very, they seem like very one dimensional mm-hmm. perhaps, or they're very like shallow, but underneath, <laughs> if you give it some time and if you really dig, then of course there's a really interesting character underneath. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so much of his like personality is just kind of like very, like loud, <laughs> For lack of a better term, loud is but a like good way of putting it. I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like when it like when it matters, he always comes through, and he does. Um, I just love that about him. And even in like this instance, I mean, it's not like you know he doesn't do something like super big. He doesn't like save all of them and like stop the acid. I mean, he does save no. all of them, but he doesn't stop the acid. But even like that little thing, you know, he's like very quick thinking and stuff. Yeah. So um, I really like that. Because, I mean, the show is it's obviously shorter than ca- the campaign. And it, despite the characters being so well de- developed in the campaign, I think there was a risk of kind of making the characters less developed for the sake of the oh, show yeah. because they're condensing mm-hmm. quite a lot. Yeah. But I never got that impression just from watching the show. So um, I really like that. And you can see in moments like this, like you said, where um, you can see Scanlan, like, you know, with his quick thinking, just kind of save everybody or at least buy them some time. And like... yeah um and 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 just things like that so like that part I really liked but I think what was really interesting was they're in a predicament for lack of a better term and of all the instances or like of of all the times to be in a weird sort of like mental state per season one right now when it really matters because this is like kind of his territory in a sense like it's technically i guess part of the castle so like he should know mm-hmm. something about yeah. how to stop this and also he's just you know yeah. like an inventor or engineer type character and so yeah they really need his expertise right now but he's just kind of in this weird mental state because he's blanking sister, out yeah yeah his sister i don't think it's so much that he's blanking out i think it's just more in shock like yeah yeah, yeah I it's agree. like a huge blow to him i think that like he thought everything like he thought he got his sister back and he thought that like they were on their way to mending their relationship and now he finds out that she betrayed him and not only that she's like renounced everything that he's kind of believed in and or stood for and basically like abandoned their family for the sake of the Briarwoods and I don't even think he's thinking clearly enough to realize that it's not really her her exactly but he's just kind of in this weird state of like okay this is it like the Briarwoods won like there's no point in me doing anything anymore and I love that it literally takes Vex smacking some sense into him to kind of mm-hmm. 
getting back into action and um, I love how she says like we're here for you and we're never going to give up on you so be here for us like just the way oh god yes yes it was super sweet but then also just super cool that she was just like shut up whatever get us out of this yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like you can mope later but like act now and I I love that I don't know there's just something very like wholesome about it that even though she's very like blunt and kind of no nonsense with the way she like talks mm-hmm. to him in that moment yeah it is still very sweet and <laughs> um so I love that but yeah I mean once Percy's kind of you know back in action mm-hmm. um I think he 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 tells them that like I think there's two or three switches to stomp yeah the acid from there's like three so, levers yeah exactly yeah um, so two are very accessible. One is unfortunately under all the acid that's coming into the room. Mm-hmm. And Krog, being the lovable idiot that he is, is just like, I'll turn it off. And yeah, I love I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, like that's the other thing too. Like Krog, I mean, again, because in the actual campaign, there was, you know, hours and hours and hours of content. And for the show, they had to condense it. Krog could have also been like one of those characters who's just very easily written off as like dumb and or comedic relief. He has his moments, but Mm -hmm. the more you watch, the more it's like there's more to him than just that. And like his arc also is very interesting, which is mainly in season two, which we'll get into later. Oh, yeah, we will. We will. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) It's just very um, nice to see that, like, even though sometimes it's awesome, fit some stereotypes, yeah, they still have like more to them and they're very wholesome and this is like again just another example of that with Krog like not even caring not even stopping a thing he's like all right if it needs to be done I'll do it and if it helps my friends I'll do it and he literally just dives into a bunch of acid so (laughs) it's like stupid but like you said wholesome (laughs) exactly but then let's also look into the whole they do manage to get out but they still have to you know, make their way to the uh, they to what they call the cigarette because this they, that's creepy as hell. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Delilah is very twisted, and um, it's very interesting to see her kind of like work, I guess, up front. Um, because like all of season one was kind of leading up to this big thing with like oh yeah the, the ziggurat and and everything that she's doing and you get clues in all the earlier episodes but like this is the episode or like the set of episodes really where mm-hmm. um fox machina and of course the briarwoods are actually there and you know they're mm-hmm. all like <laughs> not to make the joke but to also make the joke <laughs> making their way to the ziggurat <laughs> um, oh god but <laughs> uh it it was really interesting to see because um, you get like a little bit of information in episode five. And I think Keyleth is the one who like tells Scanlan and then us as well mm-hmm. uh, that the cigarettes were used to contact gods. And yep. obviously, you know, if there's a god that Delilah's interested in, it can't be great. <laughs> no, that's um, very true. Because like, so... mm-hmm. go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. No, it's because she the way she brought her husband back to life he was dying right Mm -hmm. he was actually dying and she brought him back to life by making a deal with this thing whatever this was 
So, <laughs> and it didn't actually bring him back. It brought a shadow of him back. And that's, she wants it to be permanent, basically. And the only way to do yeah. that is to perform this ritual at the solstice, which is creepy in and of itself. But then there's so much going on with it. Like, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Silas is basically a vampire. Exactly. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't necessarily, like, no, Drink he blood. does kind of suck blood. He kind with of does, a, with the sword. Bit. Well, not even with the sword, but, like, when you, there's the bit in, I think, episode 12, I want to say, mm. where he, like, re-brainwashes Cassandra, and then, like, there's a shot of just, like, her neck with, like, a bunch of puncture marks presumably from his teeth but there's no like i don't think there's any like actual scene of him drinking her blood but he's done um, it basically yeah probably yeah. Mm. but i mean he either way like he he he's not out in sunlight probably because it literally would kill him it would kill him <laughs> eventually it does mm-hmm. but um and like they never leave whitestone they're very cryptic and like creepy and like i mean and even like in the beginning of season one right after they fight the Briarwoods at the feast and then the Briarwoods leave and then uh Vex, Vax, and Keyleth go to Gilmore's they call him a vampire and Keyleth is like we need all the garlic you have and then Gilmore gives them holy water too so mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I remember yeah, so this basically a vampire oh my god yes because like again how so Stuff like this is what makes me wonder what it was like at that table, right? Because, like, quite honestly, so much of this gets turned into quick action sequences in the show. But I have to wonder what Matt was thinking when he was like, you know what? I'm going to make this crazy right now. And he did, to be uh, to be fair. So I... <laughs> it's, it's both, like, him and the players because mm-hmm. I think it's it's a really, like, interesting uh way to tell a story because i think from what i understand it's like there's set things that i think that are like mapped out mm-hmm. obviously pre-game and and between games and things like that but mm-hmm. a lot of it is also just like the directions that the players go and i think that like that's one of the benefits of playing a role-playing game where you have time to like go off on tangents and do different things um and stuff like that so that works really well when you're just you know playing with friends and whatever just Mm -hmm. like the critical role cast was but Mm -hmm. in a tv show it's a very different format and so adapting that content for a tv show and i mean we've said this so many times before oh god yeah was a huge 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 um it was a risk yeah yeah like to condense everything and have it fit 12 episodes like for two arcs and stuff like that that are you know very very big heavy arcs in terms of just Mm. like content and like the stuff they deal with and all of that like it was they're massive arcs but like to do it like this and to do it in a way that felt natural and felt like you know every episode mattered and like there were some that kind of felt fillery but they were that weird type of filler where it's like they're fillers but they're also still important and they end up paying off in the long run (laughs) I think 100, 110 was like that, I feel like, right? Yeah, so, a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot of them just kind of like navigating 
through the dungeons to get to the ziggurat to get to the briar woods mm-hmm. um but even then i mean like the stuff that happens like most of the episode seems fillery but then you have like really big like things happening like cassandra turning on them vax getting brainwashed yeah uh, anna ripley just being there and like Running, interacting with them yeah and yeah taking the like, first chance she got to just you know dip basically yeah yeah well that's in episode 11 but even then like i mean even in episode 10 it's like just the way she talks to percy the way she interacts with him the way she's like yeah kind of singled him out and it's almost like she views herself as like too good for the rest of them Mm -hmm. and the only person who could possibly be on the same level or even close to her is Percy and so Mm -hmm. she's just like like there's that whole conversation she has with him about the pepper box and she's like trying to get more information on it and then um even in episode 11 when she finally has a moment to like actually make her getaway she's like trying to convince Percy like this is suicide you don't need to do this just come with me and with our minds we can do anything we want to do type thing exactly um yeah i mean obviously of course percy is like he's held in on his thing he's got like tunnel vision like all he wants to do is just get revenge and all of that but ripley was just like forget about that you can come with me and and obviously it was never gonna happen but a for effort i guess she tried (laughs) i mean she tried yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely uh, let's also talk about there's so much going on in this in the last two episodes, quite honestly, because like, yes, they make it out of that acid room alive, but then at what cost? Because like Vax and Cassandra are like under Silas's mind control, and <laughs> the Ziggur and Delilah's trying to wake the Ziggur out, which is like the craziest thing ever. And we just talked about this that. It can't be good. It, this is like something that that is like a necromancy kind of thing, which is like never good ever. Like and yeah. then also, yeah, like, they're, they're. I mean, whatever they were going to do with Cassandra is not going to be great. I think we already knew that. Yeah, and, and just having seen them from the start of season one, mm-hmm. and you know. The bits and pieces we got as the season progressed you know that anything they're planning it's not going to be pleasant and or mm-hmm. great for the others involved but now it's like even though the stakes are high they're already higher because now not only do they have cassandra they have vax too and mm-hmm. they're totally willing to sacrifice one and or both of them if they need to and um that's the part that I found like really interesting because like the stakes were already high like at the start of the season I mean just knowing what the Briarwoods were and like even if you didn't know what they were doing just knowing how twisted they were oh yeah and seeing things like in episode five them hanging um all those people from the from the sundry and then dressing them up like Vox Machina like that was sadistic mm-hmm. already but then like exactly. this is kind of like they they've managed in a game where the stakes were already so high they've managed to make the stakes higher because now they have two people that are super important to Vox mm-hmm. Machina so um that was kind of like in a way it was cool if that yeah. makes any sense not that they had Vax and Cassandra but just cool and like again the stakes were already so high to begin with but they found a way to like still make the stakes higher mm-hmm. um and it was also just really interesting to see like I think this is like the first time or not the first time but like you get a sense of I think like how much or like how close 
Vex and Vax are because I don't think Vex was ever really that rattled until Vax got brainwashed. Oh yeah. In episode uh 10. Mm-hmm. And then that's when like you can kind of like really hear the desperation in her voice and she's like kind of starting to panic a little bit when it's like fairly obvious that he's like she's not getting through to him Mm -hmm. and normally like you know they're like they've grown up together they're twins they've got the added twin telepathy thing and it's just like all of that combined is not enough to get through to him so um that part i thought was also really interesting because she's been pretty like i don't want to say she's not rattled at all like i think obviously she she's rattled by things but this is like a completely different mm-hmm. like game now because it's yes. her brother and yep. she can't for the first time like she's she's not the one like none of them can get through to him including her and i don't know if yeah, she's that, entirely that's that. yeah that's kind of something that she didn't expect she's like regardless of what anyone else has tried i this is me i I can get through to my brother, but when that fails, that's when it gets really complicated for her. I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just really interesting because, like, episode 10 seems, like you said earlier, a little, like, fillery almost, in that Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just, like, Anna Ripley trying to antagonize, but also like make herself useful yeah. to Percy. And then when she fails, she bails the second she can. And Percy and of course the rest of Vox Machina are of course more focused on um stopping the Briarwoods and getting Vax and Cassandra yeah. back and all of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But they don't really care too much. Or I mean I they they care, but like Anna Ripley is not on their priority list yeah. right now. And she's yeah. like the last thing on their mind at this point. Yep. Um, but it is really interesting to see like how Percy and Vex react to their siblings fighting them because yes. um I mean they're both mind controlled, but Percy's also possessed by a demon. We'll get so, to that. That's something else altogether, but we will get to that. Yes. Yeah, it's just very interesting because, like, the way he fights Cassandra when he's more possessed is more, like... Visceral? Yeah, I mean, there's less... I think he has more um, disregard for her safety when he's... Yeah. Like, those moments when he's more possessed by the demon that than demon, himself. Yes, 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 Vex, even though she's fighting Vax and, and she does know not to pull her punches, I think she mm. is still kind of holding back a little bit and she's careful okay. because, obviously, you know, she knows that that's her brother. She knows that he's brainwashed and he can't help himself in the moment, but she doesn't want to, like kill him kill him <laughs> kill him yeah, like, yeah 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 percy obviously doesn't want to kill cassandra either but he's so consumed by his like rage, rage. and his desire for vengeance mm. that he's just like when he those moments when he can't see straight and it's more the demon than him in control then it's just like it doesn't matter what happens to cassandra and i think that makes for a very interesting fight sequence i um, yes that you raise a very interesting happy. point <laughs> yeah I absolutely agree. But let's talk about how Grog, Keyleth, and Pike fight uh, fight Silas and how Keyleth actually defeats him because I think that was pretty cool. It was. And I, I mean, I don't know. I always find it really interesting when there's characters um, like Keyleth, who I think are very, very powerful, but mm. 
they just don't have like the confidence in themselves <laughs> and it's just interesting very true because, like, arguably pike and keyleth are probably the most powerful characters oh yeah um, for sure but they have like really interesting kind of like journeys that they go on especially like pike and the whole thing where she thought she lost the connection to the everlight and all of that um and then you know keyleth just having all these cool abilities but just not being confident enough in herself and, oh, we get um, to more of that in season two by the way that is yeah. like we get to we get a deeper understanding of this in season two more than now but yeah i definitely right. agree with you there yes yeah but it was just like very interesting to to watch because um especially in like the start of the season i think you kind of get a sense that she's definitely holding back more yeah but by the time they get to this um you know portion of of their journey i thought it was really interesting that like keyleth kind of volunteers to hold off silas and it's not that she can't she absolutely can but i think she's still holding back even though you know i I mean i think if she just let loose between her and pike they could have just leveled the whole ziggurat oh yeah yeah, yeah. they were given the chance if they really uh, got down to it yeah yeah. exactly but you know like there there was obviously some limitations like pike was astral projecting she wasn't actually there yeah um and then keyleth i think despite all her abilities she's i think it it did feel like she was holling back just a little bit confidence issues the poor kid leave her alone (laughs) reminds me of somebody else that i also love but (laughs) that's another can of worms guys (laughs) (laughs) but no it was just really really interesting to see because even though like like i don't want to say like she and grog were down for the count early on but in a way it's almost like they were because like grog gets knocked out pretty quickly yeah. <laughs> and then um keyleth tries and she's able to hold off silas for a bit but i think with everything going on you know it's like there was vax coming at her and then silas and then delilah's in the background just causing chaos and then cassandra and percy kind of instantly like square off on their own yeah <laughs> so there's a lot happening and um and initially it seems like they like it seems like Vox Machina would be down three people because Vax was brainwashed and then Krog and Keyleth were down and mm-hmm. then it was literally just Pike, Scanlan and Percy and Vex and Percy's already kind of like out of the picture because he's busy tangling with Cassandra so like he's you yep. know he's doing his own thing and yeah he's Scanlan- occupying yeah basically yeah, yeah. and bless Blessed Heart tried but then Delilah literally silences him so he can't do yeah. anything without his voice yeah so again props just... to gray that woman just, just, I, I mean again. the whole cast like i yeah they're like voice actors in general are just so amazing they're magic yeah i can't yeah, it, i just can't it's so cool to watch them like anytime you get like behind the scenes stuff to watch them like bring these characters to life but like um i don't know something about like this cast especially like just the way they bring the characters to life is so cool and like mm-hmm. they have such amazing people voice, oh yeah like the main characters the side characters like everybody's voiced by somebody super cool and super good at what they do mm-hmm. so um i don't think there's a single person in the show who's like or a single character in the show who's voiced by an actor who's like not great <laughs> oh yeah um but yeah, it was just like the fight scene was just really interesting because again, like the stakes were really high. And then going into this, it seems like maybe Lox Machina would have an advantage, but then they kind of lose a lot of their advantages. Yes. And it's like one of their um like most 
like versatile um like group members is busy being possessed by a demon one of their most yes! group members is like out for the count their strongest person in terms of strength is out for the count mm. one of their like most agile is like brainwashed and then yep. like i mean and then like of course like vex and pike are still like able to do their thing but you know they're two people like they can't cover the ground meant for like eight people um True. and like I think I think in campaign one, I want to say like Delilah was like a level seven or nine warlock or something. I don't know. She's crazy powerful. So, um, you know, you would think that two people shouldn't be able to do a lot of damage, but they they could. (laughs) So there was a lot going on. But in spite of that, I love like Pike just having her badass moment where she takes on Delilah. That was so cool um and and like she was for a moment like a brief bit she was like kind of she was fighting silas and then she kind of just leaves him (laughs) and then just pivots to fighting delilah because scanlan needs help um and i love that silas was like upset (laughs) she just left it's like you're not even worth her time dude (laughs) yeah um yeah just just yeah enough but like there are so many cool things and like as like weird as it was i kind of did find the fight between vex and vex entertaining because they know each other so well and i mean they knew their movement so well yeah she's like why do you know me so well (laughs) yeah um it was also just really interesting to see like what it would be like in the event that one of them really did kind of go dark or just turn and they had to actually fight each other and I, I think in this scene it was helped by Vax being brainwashed and mm-hmm. unwillingly being turned mm-hmm. but I think maybe if he'd willingly like defected I, I would imagine that would be a very different scenario <laughs> but it, like watching yeah. them fight there was like as annoying as it was like Vax was brainwashed it was cool to see like even though they knew each other so well and like they were fighting each other they were both very evenly matched and um, they are because really they seem... know each other's fighting style they know how mm-hmm. to counter each other which is what makes this so interesting i definitely yeah. agree but also like how close Vax came to like killing her if he really like wanted to i mean he was brainwashed of course but like there's that brief moment where like he gains the upper hand yeah 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 yeah. i mean i don't even really know if it's so much he gains the upper hand as like vex just had to stop because she was asking keyleth to like help (laughs) and the only reason vex landed a hit was because her back was literally turned and she was like looking at keyleth and was asking her to do something Mm. and that's the like the one um moment where like vax's daggers actually land on her um and then there's that brief bit where he's like trying to actively stab her and she's trying to stop him and all of that and like it would it's a very interesting dynamic it's a cool though, moment yeah like Definitely. yeah the show obviously didn't have a ton of time to explore it but even like that brief bit we got where they were fighting each other it was really interesting to watch because again they're just they're twins they know each other inside and out and um I just found it really interesting that like when everybody kind of split off to like take on somebody or do something they kind of similar to Percy and Cassandra they went straight at each other (laughs) because that's yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think again if circumstances had been different and if it had been like a willing uh decision on Fax's part to turn that would have been a very different (laughs) 
scene, I would imagine. But because it, you know, he was brainwashed, I think the scene we got was um, cool in a weird way. It is cool. No, I definitely agree. I mean, he was brainwashed, but it was still, again, for lack of a better term, and I know we've been repeating the same thing for like the last two minutes, but it was mm-hmm. really interesting to watch them fight. Just like the way it was to watch Percy and Cassandra fight, because they both have their moments where they're being controlled by either Silas or the demon or the ox that's possessing Percy. Mm. Um, but those moments were like, it's them in control and not, you know, Silas or Orthax. Those were really interesting because they have those brief moments of like, wait, no, I don't want to do this and I don't want to hurt yeah, my sibling. Yeah. But they're also like not fully in control. So they can't, they, they don't quite have, I think, the the strength or the ability to hold off um Silas and Orthox and so that makes her a really interesting fight too because um again they don't want to hurt each other no but there's external forces at work that's just uh complicating everything and, and making it that much harder and also like they're I think when when they're not in control they're a lot less conscious i think of the damage they can do to each other exactly and i mean percy was shooting at cassandra cassandra was trying to stab him with her sword and so um when they weren't when it wasn't themselves in control and if they weren't they holding the back yeah it was clear yeah, 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 yeah. they they would have done some damage and so like watching the two sets of siblings fight and like the way they fought each other was very interesting yep because it was kind of in a way almost like opposites but um it works out well in the sense that no, that's what makes it doubt. good. Like that's exactly what makes it interesting to watch. You're like, oh my god, you're not supposed to fight each other, but oh my god, how cool is it to watch them do this? You know, yeah. it's weird. I mean, like, I there's that one agree. shot of like Percy holding the pepper box up to Cassandra, and then also like Vax trying to like shove his dagger into Vex, and it's like, yeah. again, you're not supposed to be doing this. But the first time watching, it's like, oh my god, are they really gonna go? go like that, that far because yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. show is also you know it's not a kid show so no. they can but um it thankfully they didn't but i mean yeah I, the finale was just it, it's episode 11 and 12 really just had like the coolest stuff going on and mm. um i think my favorite though is probably keyleth just like burning silas to a crisp let's <laughs> talk like, about that the sun tree to do it I yeah, loved that it. That was it just, so cool. You're absolutely right. Like that was a super cool moment. Poetic justice. Yes. <laughs> just like her using the sun tree and like there's that bit because like I mean I don't know if it's like because Silas is just super strong or whatever but like I think also like the force with which she hit the wall initially was probably yeah definitely enough to knock the wind out of her but like getting back up she's not at full strength and so mm-hmm. um, it was really cool to see like that little scene where she's like reaching out to the sun tree for help and then like the roots kind of start curling around her hand that was pretty cool um, yeah and then um i just love that i don't know if it was intentional but i love that like the when she used or like when the i I think it's called like the actual move or whatever like a sunbeam or something like Mm -hmm. that when she actually used that it was very reminiscent of um 
the scene in, in 104 when she like lit up the whole room to burn Delilah's shades. And I oh, yeah. she did it twice, but this time she did it to Silas. Um, and I love that like while she was doing that, there was like a couple of things happening at the same time, including Delilah trying to like, mm. I think, cover multiple things. Yes. And like she was fighting Pike on one hand and then she saw Keyleth doing that. And then she was like, trying to stop Keyleth but then Scanlan reverses the spell that Delilah cast on him and takes away her voice and then which Pike oh my god like yeah gaining the like higher ground or upper hand in her fight with Delilah and yeah. then Silas is getting cocky and he's like I'll take care of this darling only to be stopped by Grog and it's like it, there's a lot of things happening but it like the to me the fight didn't feel too rushed and it also was like really cool to watch it the was different cool. members of like yeah like to watch the different members of Vox Machina kind of like do their thing and like and make this happen yeah oh my yeah God. I mean Pike single-handedly took on Delilah and basically beat her he killed Silas by literally burning him to a crisp <laughs> And Grog helped too, and like Percy and about... their thing, but <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about the aftermath of this because Delilah's crazy, okay? He's batshit crazy. I love you, Gray. You are an awesome voice actor, but why do you always play the batshit crazy characters? Because I don't think anybody else could do it as well as she does. I agree. I'm not judge. I'm not questioning that at all. But god damn it, this woman's crazy. She she <laughs> brought her husband back from the dead. He was basically a vampire, and you fried a vampire to a crisp. Fine, yeah, but then I, I mean. <laughs> He got fried, but also I love that it was like episode five when uh Vex, Vax, and Keyleth go to Gilmore's. He's he's like telling them he's like you need more like sunlight than summer on Marquette, and then they ended up getting that. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, Keyleth fried him with a little light beam. Although I would just like to say I love Grog and how like lovable he is because there's that whole bit when he's fighting Silas where Silas is like trying to use Grog um, and and have him turn against his yeah. friends but Grog is like I know what you're doing and it won't work stop trying to seduce me <laughs> and Silas is like I wasn't what that's not what, what? I'm doing that's not what I'm doing and then also you know what where Grog I'd is like, like to say take Grog. notes but uh, you know what it's not gonna work um <laughs> You know what I'm talking yeah, about. That's, yeah, that's another kind of worms. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally, but, totally, um, totally. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Grog is, he's so wholesome. I mean, sometimes he he's really dumb, but he's like one of those characters who's like, he's he can be really dumb and do stupid things, but he's got a heart of gold. So. He does. And we get to see more of that in season two than now, but yeah, <laughs> definitely. I yeah. definitely agree with that. So, but let, let's talk about the aftermath because oh my god there is an aftermath because there because in her anger when she sees Silas being burned to a crisp Delilah's like you know what screw this nonsense the ziggurat is being summoned uh, and I'm gonna end this and because the spell wasn't cast at the right time it doesn't work but Delilah does manage to not manage to I mean it's like it's a split second thing um 
And I don't want to make a comparison to another show, but basically Keela take the hit, uh, takes the hit for Vex when Delilah's trying to, you know, uh, she hits her with something, with some dark magic. And it could have, it, it, it would most probably have killed Vex, right? So let's talk about that because that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Delilah being unhinged is par for the course, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but Grey does an amazing job with just, like making her that extra bit of unhinged, yeah. Oh, yeah. which I don't know that anybody else could have done. No. But yeah, that part was always interesting because, um, I mean, there's like a brief bit where like Delilah goes into like the inner chamber in the ziggurat to try and mm -hmm. awaken or unlock or release the whisper. Whatever, one. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Vax is like trying to unlock the doors, and Percy's having his like moment of like being possessed, where he's like, "I need to get in there right now," mm -hmm. and like they're all just waiting to get in, and then as soon as they get in, Percy just goes kind of crazy and is shooting at Delilah, and she's like yeah defending herself but the thing that i always never understood um was there's a bit where they're all trying to fight her and pike makes a comment of like we're not going to stop her in time and then vex is the one that like takes a shot that hits but delilah when she turns around to look at Vex, she's like you took everything from me and i'm like technically she didn't like not that yeah. i wanted anybody else to get hurt but like Keela was technically the one that burned aside. It's like, yeah. again, not that Keela should have gotten hit either, but like, mm -hmm. I never understood why she like singled out Vex or who was just like one of those things where she was just so in the moment she wasn't registering who it was and maybe she just conflated them all together or like, yeah. I don't know what. But, um, you know, that bit, like the first time we watched it, like, I remember just being a so thankful that there was another episode and that season two was on yeah, yeah, yeah. i didn't yeah. have to wait and like deal with cliffhangers but also just like the that was a very like shocking moment because it was unexpected not so much that keyleth would take the hit but that like i Delilah guess it, it actually target vex that was surprising I mean, not really, at least not to me, because I figured, like, mm. I mean, she was already unhit. Like, she had killed a kid before, you know, yeah, she yeah, a kid yeah, from yeah, yeah. Sundry. Yeah. So I figured, like, at that point, like, and if she's okay with that, if she can sleep at night, and after all the people she's killed, after all the crazy nonsense she's done, I don't think aiming at Vex or at anybody would have really phased her, and it wasn't super shocking, but it was just more, mm. I think, of, like, a shock that, like, the show went there, because... Like, Keyleth takes the hit, and then she doesn't get back up for a bit. Like, it, it, like episode 11 yeah. ends on that cliffhanger of, like, oh, God. asking Pike for help. And then Pike, just her, like, her connection, or whatever you want to call it, breaks. And then she's no longer with them, and she's back at the temple. And um, yeah. the rest of Vox Machina is just at the ziggurat. And then the last thing you see is, like like vex just holding keyleth and she's not moving she's not moving <laughs> it's like yeah and it's, also i just thought like something oh my god that that was insane yeah. yeah it's also like the way that was animated because like you see like like you see delilah like shoot taking her that shot yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then like everything just kind of slowed down when keyleth is the one that gets hit and like just the way it was animated it was like because even when i was watching it like the first time i was watching it i was fully expecting it to hit vex and then it took mm -hmm. my brain a minute to like register that like oh keyleth intercepted it <laughs> yeah 
and and then it's again like the shock factor of like oh my god one of them actually got hit and Mm. I think it was for me personally anyway it was more of a shock that like it actually happened because I was fully expecting them to like I was fully expecting Vex to dodge um and Keyleth wasn't anywhere near that shot I think no not um, at that time Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I also just kind of love how like like quick she was with it like she didn't even really think about like should I do this should I not do this like it was this it like, was split yeah. second thinking yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. and I'm like that's I don't know there was something oddly wholesome about that that even though it was like this huge ordeal for Vox Machina that like one of their own got hit for Keyleth I don't know if it was like ever really a choice she had to like struggle with she just like made up her mind and like just reacted I think um and then there's also like that kind of bittersweet moment where like Vex is holding her and she's like why did you do that and it's like isn't that the question that we all want answers to I think we forgot to mention the stupid moment I mean did we did we talk about the you know I'm in love with you right did we talk about that's that episode nine yeah that's episode nine we talked about it oh my god I hate them they're so dumb so dumb uh, and it just continues in episode 12 because yeah. like the whole first like first half of episode say, 12 is Vax just being like oh my god where's my wife <laughs> what's going on I with mean, my wife <laughs> with like yeah I know what you mean more or less sure. yeah I mean I don't blame I, it like, I'm just saying I, I just saying it's a thing yeah I, I get it oh my god it was so dumb but yeah because the thing is pike's the healer she would have known how to heal this or fix this to an extent at least enough and also like when when vex initially asks for pike's help pike is like she's alive but barely and it Mm. it's like the they had like a very small amount of time i think to like a small window yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, for pike Mm -hmm. to do her thing and then she couldn't because her connection got broken yeah so pike is gone and like you said she's their healer she is too far away to heal like, <laughs> yeah and like even if she could reestablish her connection i don't know how long it would have taken um or any of that but yeah yeah i mean and also like whatever delilah summoned yeah yeah like whatever keila got hit with it was like a pretty fast acting thing it looked like mm. because it looked like she was deteriorating very quickly and yeah. um as this is probably very morbid but like I, I don't know it's it's a very it was like a very angsty scene but I loved just watching Vax react to that because <laughs> it was just like the dude spent like a half of episode nine kind of moping a little bit after Keyleth didn't exactly respond to his confession <laughs> the way he, he probably wanted hoped. her to yeah yeah, yeah yeah and like honestly you can't blame him you can't blame her um but um this episode it was just like I don't it was just kind of nice to see because I feel like the show even though the campaign had gone one way I feel like the show could have just also done that thing where it was like well these characters like have a thing but we're not going to confirm whether or not they end up together and they're going to dance around each other for like three more seasons and to be fair they kind of are <laughs> like they, they have moments where it's like it doesn't matter that like the other hasn't returned their feelings or whatever it's just like it like even if they haven't defined what they are each other if they haven't put a name or whatever they yeah. have still about each other a lot and like the entire like first like opening bit of episode 12 is literally back just like 
losing mind yeah and And, let me tell uh, you how much he's losing his mind right because like of course of course uh they're they realize that they're losing their magic because of whatever delilah summoned because she tried to wake that thing and now there's so much going on here because like they're fighting delilah now because something has to be done uh, but then Keyleth is not moving. So let's talk about all of that because there's so much going on here. I, I, I'm probably missing something. Let's talk about that. I mean, the really like interesting thing, and I know it was partly because Percy is possessed, but there's the bit in the opening where like um, Vex and Vax are like, I mean, all of them really except Percy are trying mm-hmm. to like revive Keyleth. And Percy just focused on Delilah because she'd mm-hmm. attempted to summon the summon the whispered one and failed. Yeah. And there's that bit where um everybody else is kind of focusing on Keyleth and and he's like, forget it. He's like, Keyleth is gone, but at least we have what we came for. And yeah, the way everybody reacted to that. <laughs> but yeah, it was just very interesting to like watch the way everybody was reacting to Percy saying something kind of crazy but again like he wasn't in his right state of mind and obviously he wasn't it wasn't really him speaking um yeah. or, or maybe some part of it was I but i don't think he had yes really and no yeah, yeah yeah i know I don't what think you he mean. meant it to come across as so callous but i think he mm. thought like i think maybe he believed that he was like, like there's not much we can do right now it's right. bad but we can't do much but... Yeah, and also because like they they had tried like Vex had given Vax a, a potion to like heal her, mm-hmm. but it obviously didn't work. So I think he thought like, all right, if that's not working, if our healer is gone, maybe they're like this is it. But like, if there is a silver lining, it's at least that we have this like psychopath that I've been hunting for x many years with us, and now I can finally exact my finally revenge. I think that's probably yeah i think that's how percy was looking at it but it was just really interesting to see like everybody else um like the way they reacted because obviously i think delilah is the last thing on their mind at least in that moment um but yeah i think it was also just really interesting that like scanlon is the one who had the presence of mind to kind of put two and two together and he was like maybe it's not us us or like maybe it's the ziggurat yeah And like the whatever weird orb thingy the whispered one came from. Uh so they obviously leave the chamber as quickly I, as like, possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's a minor thing too, but I love that like I love the way Cassandra just drags Delilah by her hair. And also just that like, can we just appreciate that Percy shot Delilah like three times or something? And then she yeah. still managed to like she she had the ability or like oh, the strength God. to talk and like still be herself because like at that point if that had been me i would have just been like oh god howling in pain or something or i would have been dead well but, uh, yeah i just love that like cassandra's like we're not done with you yet and just mm-hmm. drags her by the hair and then you just kind of see like this whole like trail of blood just <laughs> follow delilah and it's just like i don't know if it is really justice but i would imagine that cassandra and probably percy they probably felt some tiny bit of happiness when making yeah. her hurt the way she hurt so many people um yeah but yeah i just found that kind of 
weirdly entertaining that they were just dragging her through the ziggurat and also because when they leave that chamber um and like to get away from whatever form the whispered one is in they have to go down all those steps yeah and it looks like they presumably like dragged delilah down all, all the steps. way down there oh my god yeah yeah so i'm just picturing her reaction to that but yeah they eventually like make it back to the chamber um where they were initially like trapped that the room that was filling with acid and then um there's like a <laughs> i wouldn't say it's interesting because it's a very angsty scene but mm-hmm. um there's that bit where like vax is just like demanding more healing potions because like they, he has to try everything like, yeah yeah and Keila, i mean not Keila, <laughs> next like there's nothing left and it's like like what do they do now also again this is just a minor thing but i love that before they got to that chamber or like when they got there rather vax took off his cloak and put it on the ground so that keyleth could like rest on it and i'm like dude i'm sure she would appreciate the sentiment it's a very sweet thing to do but like sir it's not really the time but you have to love him for it but like even in like that like whatever mental state he must have been in and like whatever mental state they were all in he was still like he, he still needs to be took comfortable one second to like yeah it was so like wholesome and sweet and it's like and idiotic i'm sure she would appreciate yeah like she would appreciate it if she was awake but like she's also not not so uh, yeah feel yeah but also like the like the that portion um really reminded me of another finale where it's like a huge event happens and then like the title screen just quietly fades in (laughs) and i was like it's like that meme where it's like if i had a nickel for every time this thing happened i would only have two nickels but it's still weird that it happened (laughs) twice (laughs) the first time i saw the episode i was like that meme is applicable Mm. um but yeah, I mean, again, like the cast is so great at what they do, but like the last two episodes, especially like the like every single like moment where like Vax was freaking out over what was happening to Keyleth was like, I mean, like the voice acting, like I love and hate Incredible. that Liam did that because yeah. like <laughs> I didn't Liam, that, but also Liam, I love is a, Liam owes us therapy, okay? Like they that all man. Do. I mean, I mean, like between like between vax and like from campaign three and exu like orem and like latna and like i mean the whole cast is like pay for all my therapy between mm-hmm. every character you've ever played yeah um, but yeah so it. let's talk about the cool idea that they that vax and scanlan have that you know what they remember how they healed cassandra she how keyleth healed cassandra mm-hmm. and they do that to heal her but let's talk about that because I think that yeah, was really- I mean, Scanlan helped, but it was I think it was Vax who had initially thought of it because he was the only one who yeah. was in the room with Keyleth at that point. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I love that it's like this huge like angsty thing at first, and then he has this idea because like initially he's like not yelling, but he's like like kind of like asking Vex to be quick about finding like another potion and so you know they can revive mm-hmm. Keyleth and all of that and then Vex is like there's nothing and then I think there's that brief bit where Vex is like oh snap like this is it and then he's like trying to process that and you see him like react to that and he's like yeah for a bit they're like they're all sobbing and he's like 
forgive me. And it's like a super angsty scene. And then there's a brief moment where it kind of just zooms in on her little, Kira's little um, herbal pouch. And I think that's when Vax has the idea and Scanlan uses his magic to help. And it magically works. It works. Um, But yeah, that was really quick thinking on Vax's part and then very quick thinking on Scanlan's part because Mm -hmm. uh, he was able to just like make the, the spell yeah um, and and get like i guess make whatever concoction that was like imbue it with magic or whatever so um yeah that was very quick thing on both their parts but thankfully like that was like the really cool thing because again this is not a kid's show so like there are consequences and oh yeah this show doesn't have to shy away from it hasn't showing them and it hasn't yeah but like it also doesn't it's not a requirement like they don't need to no. sugarcoat anything for like yeah. Yeah, young, yeah, yeah. younger audiences or whatever i mean unless they want to but mm. um there was like the first time i was watching it there was that brief moment where i was like they can't really be doing this can they because like i knew she didn't yeah. die because she didn't die in the campaign i'm like i, I was i would have been very surprised if they had killed her off in this episode itself mm-hmm. but yeah. even in spite of knowing that the first time I watched the show, a part of me was like, are they really going to go there? Are they going to do that? Like, would they actually kill a main character so early in the show? Um, and obviously, and thankfully, it doesn't happen. And like, this, the magic works, but there was still like that brief moment where it was like, will they? Won't they? Yeah. What are they going to do? Things yeah. always... Um, when you watch it again it's nice knowing the answer it's a very tense moment yeah it is yeah you kind of feel like the same way the rest of like the characters feel like oh my god is this thing gonna work and like if it doesn't work what what happens like where do we go from here yeah exactly because um, it's keyleth it's keyleth you know i know yeah Uh, i mean they're also wholesome like i feel like if any of them the reaction would be the same but it's, it's like it's more that like it happened the way it happened and it's like that would be a really like awful way to go. Mm. I mean, even if it had been like Krog or Scanlan, anybody, or whoever, no, 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 yeah, yeah, it would have been an awful way to go. But thankfully, that's not the way she goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so like there's that bit where they initially they think, oh my god, this is it, Kila that's gone, and then thankfully she's not. But then they have a, a bigger thing to deal with with Percy Delilah. and having Delilah Percy, like right yeah. there. Yeah, so, let's talk about that because oh my god, this is this is such a cool moment. I have to say because they did this so well. Because of course it's understandable that Percy would want to you know eliminate this woman right for everything she's done to him, his people, his town, everything. But that's not. But, but what you see from Percy in that moment is not Percy. I want to talk about that because they did it so well. It's mm-hmm. really scary how it overtakes him. His rage overtakes him and becomes, and it feeds this monster. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a little bit of it in um, mm-hmm. one eleven too. Like he had yeah. no qualms with fighting Cassandra because it wasn't really him in the driver's seat. I mean, that's mm. a really dumb metaphor to use, but... No, but um, I know what you're talking like, about, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there were moments when Orthax, the demon, was more in control than Percy, the human, was. And mm-hmm. in those moments, whatever 
Percy was feeling was probably being overridden by whatever Orthax wanted. And like he had moments where he like did damage to Cassandra. And the only reason she wasn't like Shishka Bobbed was probably because Percy was doing the best he could to hold Orthax back. back but now yeah. in this moment, like having Delilah there and like having like killed Silas, having killed Stonefell and Anders. Everyone and, like, on this list like, except for Ripley. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like having Delilah also who's kind of like the mastermind behind all of this, like right there, right mm. at his feet. Mm. Um was like I think probably very um emotional for him in the sense that like yeah. he could do whatever he wanted really and like nobody could stop him or maybe that's what he felt mm. but um it was also just really interesting because like the way um he reacted mm-hmm. was kind of like like there's the whole bit where delilah's for a moment she's like begging almost for percy to end her because she's like you've taken everything from me just yeah yeah and he's like and i remember watching it the first time and thinking like yeah on the one hand I get where you're coming from, but also like death kind of seems too easy a punishment. Easy, right? Yeah, for everything she's done. I yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but then also, you know, it's like, is it really anybody's place to be like an executioner? So like Mm. I don't know. It's it's an interesting like kind of argument to have, just given how sadistic and um terrible Delilah was. But uh what I found really interesting was like how quickly Percy kind of goes extremely dark because he's like i'm gonna like he he like gives her like this whole rundown of what he's gonna do to her and he's gonna do like i think everything that she did to his siblings he was planning Mm. to like have done to her and it just gets progressively darker and darker and darker and then there's that moment where skinland's like whoa percy like that's not you yeah yeah and um that's like the first instance i think everybody sees really clearly like the smoke that kind of shrouds him and like mm. all of that and like how big of a deal it is because i think they've seen it before but never like this never it's this just, like, intense yeah it's it's mm-hmm. very intense very obvious and um there's a there's moment also... here that i'd like to talk about i think that's what yeah. you were getting to let's go let's go yeah it's just a very chilling moment where like um they're talking about percy being like possessed by this thing mm-hmm. and <laughs> scanlon makes this funny comment of or not, i mean not funny funny but it was like kind of in jest that he thought that because pike had sensed something in Percy and he's like Scanlon's like I thought she yeah. just meant he was depressed um but there's this very like kind of chilling comment where Orthax speaking through Percy is like um I think Vex says something has possession of you and then Orthax is like and we are better for it and um <sighs> that was very like again just like the way like I am perpetually in awe of like the amount of different voices and like effects Matt can do mm. but him as Orthax was like uh like the effect He's I think chilling. That they to go yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my effect. god. <laughs> yeah, that was um it has like the impact I think it's supposed to have. Yeah, it, like you said, it's chilling. I can't yeah. oh my god. But then we get like a couple of like really sweet moments after, including um there's one where like as soon as like Vex calls out Percy's name 
it kind of just switches like you just hear Keyleth off screen going that's not Percy it's a demon mm-hmm. and then there's like this really sweet moment of like Vax reacting to her kind of being alive again um mm-hmm. and then it instantly kind of goes back to like the craziness that is Percy being possessed by a demon um but there's the idiots that I love. idiots yeah they're all idiots I love them so much <laughs> but I love that like when Percy tried to like shoot Delilah Vex is the one that steps between Percy's gun and Delilah and um I love that she I goes the... are you wait are you gonna shoot me too mm-hmm. and then he, Darling, Percy and Vex are mask. like if we must yeah. but yeah I love that she reached for the mask first and not the gun I think it says a lot about how much faith she has in Percy, and yeah. I don't know if I would have had the same amount of faith in her. No, but you moment. can see how troubled Percy is. He, he's struggling <laughs> with this. Oh my god! But again, yeah, that's what it's makes done it so good, well because I think yeah. like he's obviously very flawed, and I think he knows it too. But yeah. it it is a struggle because I mean the Briarwoods and their you know posse, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. have been him and his family and they've committed like unspeakable atrocities yeah 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 it is such a traumatic thing to have to witness that even a small part of it like even if he wasn't there for all his siblings being killed or whatever just you know seeing his family murdered or like knowing that they've been murdered watching his sister get you know killed in front of him or you know that's what he thought and Mm. that's what he like how he interpreted that that's what he believed that's a traumatic thing and then like orthax didn't help um and he actually fueled his anger yeah exactly so um it's a lot to hold back it's a lot to like hold deal with yeah Mm -hmm. and and percy is dying for so long and in this moment like you said he's struggling and you can really see how hard it is for him to like keep orthax at bay and um there's that moment too when it's like um he did he's out of options he doesn't know what to do to like prevent orthax from controlling him from potentially hurting vex from potentially hurting cassandra anybody and he points a pepper box at himself himself, and everybody's like don't do it and then that's when orthax is like he goes kind of haywire and he's like, all right, well, now I have to take complete control because this idiot can't be trusted to do what we need to do. Yeah, because and he just wants to feed. He just mm-hmm. wants to feed at this point. Yeah. Right. And Percy wants revenge, but he doesn't want to hurt Vex of all people. And he doesn't necessarily want to hurt anyone from Vox Machina. Yeah. But, yeah. Or Vex doesn't care about that. Um, and yeah, there's also like that really... Um, like bittersweet kind of scene where um orthax through percy is targeting vex and vax's first reaction is just go after percy but then keyleth is like don't hurt him he's not in control and i just love that like even though it was obviously like his sister vax was like all right fine we'll buy some time and like i know he must have wanted to do something yeah Um, i'm pretty sure he would have knocked percy's head off if he could but yeah i know what you mean i love that he was still like i think i think also partly because keyleth was the one that he was was like all right fine yeah i won't attack him but um 
but yeah, the the whole scene where like Percy's possessed by Orthax and he's just fighting his friends because he like he knows that they're his friends, but I think through Orthax he's seeing like the different people yeah. that are on its hit list, like Anders and Stonefell. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all of them. And he's just he's like seeing one thing, um, but the reality is something completely different. Everything else, yeah. I think it was just like very interesting it to watch cool. that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really cool fight sequence, and then I just love that, like in the background, as like intense and like epic as this fight sequence was, with like Percy's kind of facing off against his friend in the background. It's just like Vax just hovering over Keyleth, and like <laughs> the first chance he gets, he's just like on top of her, shielding her from like everything, and it's like Bro. That's very sweet, dude. But also like, feel you feel, yeah. come on, man, <laughs> like dude why it was so i mean i know why though. like, I, mean, like yeah, it's, I, it's... I think you can't blame him for it but i love no. that like any chance he got he was like i mean I I think it must have been hard to hey like... hey kiki <laughs> what's up <laughs> I mean, idiot what do you do in that moment though like because like vex is fighting percy and like she's out there but then Keyleth is also like like she literally just got revived like five seconds ago who does he go to um but it was very sweet like that he was even in like that kind of intense moment he was still yeah. like is she okay does she need help should I do something and his like default reaction was just like protect <laughs> it was very very wholesome <laughs> Agreed. um but yeah the, the fight sequence like it it's intense but also um it was really cool to see that like even though everybody at that point knew he was being possessed by a demon none of his friends were like i think like they had a, like a, a brief kind of scare where initially it was like is he gonna do hurt us? To is he gonna kill... do something yeah do we have to kill percy to do this do, or yeah fix but like it? when it no yeah when it mattered they all kind of came together and they were like don't kill Delilah. Don't forfeit your soul. They still kind of banded together to try and talk him out of yeah. it, even though like, yeah. he had technically stabbed Grog. He had aimed his gun at Scanlan. Yeah. He had like attempted to hurt Vex. I mean, all of this was like really Orthax in control, but it was still Percy doing it. So, doing like, it, yes. Yeah. Um, it, I, I love that in spite of all of that, all of his friends came together to like still do that. And there's that really like interesting moment where the pepper box like as his friends are trying to talk him out of them like out of killing delilah the pepper box has like all their names appear one by one um and um it, it was just like a very well done scene like all the little details just kind of came together and it just made it, it did feel, it was pretty cool like, yeah yeah for lack of a better term <laughs> i mean everything like i know it, we it keep saying a, this but yeah it was super cool yeah but yeah, Percy it, like, it had the impact, I think. That it needed to have. Yeah. I I for sure agree. And after that struggle, Percy wins out in the end and shoots that mask, I guess. I don't No, he shoots he shoots his hand oh. uh to prevent Orthax from like taking control, control I think, because yeah. he, he does like Orthax is kind of like forcibly expelled from him. Yeah. Um and um, so so that's true. Uh, but then Delilah tries to escape, and Cassandra killed her. So like, what? <laughs> I mean, you can't blame her. I no. was fully expecting it to be Percy though. The first time I watched the show, I like mm -hmm. I thought for sure 
he was going to end up taking the shot, if only because I think by that point, I think he wouldn't have wanted Cassandra to be the one that killed her. But um, I think Cassandra, having spent enough time like in Delilah's proximity, <laughs> knew enough to know that when Delilah was like monologuing, she was busy like gathering whatever magic she had left to like take yeah. one final shot, and I think she reacted just just a in time. quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there was something like really like interesting almost about the way like the. I think intensity with which Cassandra does that because like she stabs Delilah in the throat and then there's like, yeah. a split second pause and then you just see her like shoving her sword in <laughs> and it's like yeah the show didn't have a lot of time to focus on it but Cassandra's got some rage too and it's totally oh, understandable why. <laughs> I yeah and I don't again, begrudge I her her rage like, but I yeah that's kind of yeah I know what you mean yeah I, I hate that I did this, but, like, the whole time the scene was playing out, it was, like, this huge, like, moment for Cassandra and Percy, but, like, all I could just focus on was, like, Vax in the back just, like, holding Keyleth, and it's, like, dude. <laughs> like, can He's you an idiot. What can you... Well, how, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You can't blame him. You can't. No. And it was super cute. It was super wholesome, and it's, like... Um, it was oddly reminds me of another scene, uh, in another show, but we'll talk about that. That's a can of worms that we'll open another time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, like, I mean, I don't know because we, like, I, think, wholesome about I it. think we've compared screenshots, but oh, yeah, yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, like, when, when characters are that wholesome, you can't not support them supporting each other, literally, <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it was really cute. And also, like, yeah. again, I just like that even if they weren't really sure where they stood in terms of, like, what the relationship was or, like, whether or not they even had a relationship beyond that didn't matter. Or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, didn't it matter. It didn't matter. I didn't, like, that's true with all of them. Like, anytime yeah. you look at it in the show, it's like, it yeah. doesn't matter um, what or how they perceive their relationship beyond friendship. It's like, at the end of the day, they're all still friends, so they'll do whatever they need to do. Um, no questions asked. And I think that's just, it's it's oddly wholesome. It's super sweet. And yeah, I mean, even though it's like this huge moment for Percy and Cassandra, like even they get like this really wholesome moment where like, um, like Cassandra's We're like, where Cassandra, where Percy's just like, you know what? You deserve to be back here with. I need to stay with my group. You need to stay back in Whitestone. It's a sweet mm -hmm. moment. So that's nice. Um, yeah. And like, I think also, I mean, I don't know if she necessarily would have felt comfortable going around with Box Machina no. after everything she's been through. And I think having her kind of replace him as later of Whitestone made sense because like you said he can't leave his friends and I don't think he particularly wanted to and I think yeah. after everything he'd been through I don't think he was particularly keen on like leading his yeah. people just yet yeah and this way Adorolo still in a way had like custody of Whitestone and yeah, yeah. And he could still do his things with his friends and it kind of works out for everybody Agreed. And this and after all of this, they go back to Taldori, but the ziggurat is still there in that weird form, I think, right? Um, so 
the cigarette I think is still standing, but yeah, the whispered one is still like in an orb form. Um, and um, you said orb. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Mild spoilers for campaign three. <laughs> um, Holy shit! I'm but... dead. Yeah, I mean, well, what the hell, bro? <laughs> Uh, okay. uh, you know what? I'm, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Okay, that, that, that that's for another time. But let's talk about what actually happens with Orthax now, right? Because like he, because Percy's like, you know what? It's safe to pick up the pepper box now. Orthax is gone, but it's not. So Scanners is like, no, don't touch that thing, and he drops it in acid. Is like, so, yeah, which is, I mean, it, it, yeah. in a way, it was like, I think. Plot wise, it makes sense that they got rid of Orthax that way because I think if Percy had picked up the pepper box again, they would have had to find a way to explain Orthax not being fully like exercised from that. Mm. Um, but it, it, on the other hand, like it would have been interesting to see what Percy did with it now that Orthax was like kind of out of his system. But mm-hmm. I'm assuming if he had picked it up again, Orthax would have just gone right back in and controlled him all over again. Yeah. but um yeah he loses the pepper box but he has his sister alive his girlfriend is alive his friends are alive so i mean it's all good yeah as good as it can be as good as it can be Iman. until they get to get back to Iman. so let's talk about that because uriel so it's not very often that uriel uh, that rulers make such selfless decisions especially mm-hmm. in terms of giving up power because he realizes that how badly influenced he was by the Briarwoods control and he's like I can't let this happen again I'm handing this over to the council of Taldori and that's good that's great but then what happens next changes the course of this entire story because up until now this was about Whitestone and the Briarwoods, but now it becomes so much bigger. Like it's, I, I have to say, mythical. So let, let's talk about that because what happens now? It's insane. Yeah, it's... And it sets up season two really, really well. So let's talk about that. Yeah. I mean, just going back a little bit to what you said earlier about rulers not making selfless decisions it was mm-hmm. great that uriel did his mm-hmm. timing though was oh my god it was so bad oh because, god yeah i mean notwithstanding the huge thing that's coming he could have predicted them, this but, but yeah he could have predicted it but it's also like these are not decisions you make in a split second it, i don't think it would have been as simple as him just abdicating and being like well now the council has all the power because i'm sure yeah. like they would have worked together but i don't transition think, period like, bro come yeah, on like man. you would need that right and so like i can appreciate his decision to like take a step back and all of that but to just be like all right the throne is like we're, we're getting rid of the monarchy it's now a democracy that's great but it doesn't happen that like one minute the way mm. he just kind of made it seem mm-hmm. um and then also again like he couldn't have predicted it but like literally within seconds of him giving up his throne not one not two but four dragons are descending on Iman. and the last time they had seen a dragon it was Brimsythe who Vox Machina killed and yep. they pointed out later but Brimsythe was half the size 
of all of these dragons and each one is progressively bigger and bigger and they've all got different abilities um and yeah all got different powers yeah you're right yeah but the the bottom line is they're all big they're all headed straight for Amon, and they're leveling but the city they're leveling it and there's nothing they can do about it just yet and guys that's season one for you I mean, we you you and I were lucky that we that all the episodes were out when we watched this because imagine what it would have been like for people who watched season one and were like, "What the heck?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, reminds me yeah. of uh, reminds me of Shira because, like, oh my god, especially the cliffhanger ending of season four and where that left us. And we did not know when season five was coming out. We didn't know. Yeah. There was no way we knew. That that's what this would have felt like. I, I honestly think that that's what this would have felt like. Right? Because it's a lot. Yeah, and I think we between season one and two, I think like an actual year passed. <sighs> I think. I could be wrong, but like I not yeah, cool, I was so cool. glad that I like waited until season two came out. <laughs> before yeah. I started it um but yeah we didn't have that weight which was nice but for everybody who did have that weight you have my sympathy because I would have been on the oh. edge of my seat just like screaming at my tv like Same. where's the rest of it I need more yeah yeah oh my god <laughs> so guys thank you so much for sticking with us on this we love you really appreciate every single one of you who takes the time out of their day to listen to us nerd out about this stuff next week we are coming back with season with part one of season two of The Legend of Vox Machina. Things are getting interesting, really interesting, because like we said, up until now, this was a magical quest, but now it's turning mythical with epic proportions and stuff that we did not see coming. Like, I, I, I swear to God, we did not see this coming when we watched yeah, this the first time. A little bit. A little bit. You did. You did. Because like, because I haven't watched the campaigns, but I was, but I, but I, I haven't watched the campaign, so I kind of didn't know. But oh my god, such good stuff. So stay tuned. We have quite a few things planned out uh, for the next few weeks. So stick around for that. We uh, and we will see you next week with season two of the Legend of Wax Machina. Thanks, guys. Thank you. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.